Welcome back to the Muzzle Blast Podcast, the official podcast of the National Muzzleloading Rifle Association. This podcast is brought to you by Thor Bullets. Thor Bullets are a premium full-bore muzzleloader bullet designed specifically for modern inline rifles. Thor Bullets do not require plastic sabos or belts to be fired, meaning less cleaning for you between shots. The patented copper base creates an airtight seal, giving you greater distance and accuracy. Thor's unique engineering allows the bullets to retain 95% of their weight upon impact, and the controlled expansion ensures large, easy-to-follow blood trails. Thor bullets are currently available in a 50 caliber version that is sized to your specific bore. Thor is also expanding into a new 45 caliber bullet designed for faster 1 in 24 and 1 in 22 twist inline rifles. For more information on these great bullets, visit www.thorbullets.com. We'd like to thank Thor Bullets for their sponsorship of this podcast. Before we get started here, I just want to say when we filmed this interview, it was a damp, rainy, windy morning, and um, the wind got to the microphones a little bit, so the audio quality isn't as great as I would like it to be. I'm really sorry about that. In the future, we're already taking steps to upgrade some of our equipment and things to make sure that audio like this doesn't happen again if we're outside filming in the woods like we were with this interview. If you'd like to see Eli and Jason as they're talking for this interview, we also had a camera set up on the YouTube channel, so check out the NMLRA YouTube channel. We'll have a link down in the show notes for you to check out there. This week, we're back with Eli Froge and Jason Jacobs. They recently completed their dugout canoe expedition that they started last year. They went back this year and decided to set out and finish the trip they had planned for last year. Eli and Jason were joined by a couple friends this year, and that... inadvertently led to a couple exciting changes to the trip so be sure to listen to hear about those as well thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show but you guys just got back from your continuation of last year's expedition and we wanted to have you back and we're almost a year to the day now i think from when we first met at the feast last year and you guys went and completed the journey that you shot for last year is that right yep that's correct so what was that like what was different and then what was the same, I guess? Well, as far as being different, we took a little less gear this time and uh, kind of lightened our packing load. And, uh, we, just, we wasn't as anxious leading up to the trip. You know, we both talked about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, nervous. Yeah, kind of, let's get it, you know, let's do it. You know, we took some company, took a couple of friends with us this year, so that made it nice to have a couple of extra faces around. We definitely had better weather this year. Like that was the biggest thing, I think, for, for us anyways. It was hot last year. Yeah. I mean, it was miserable being 90 some degrees out on the board, you know. This year it was, what, 46 at night, 43. Yeah. Mid 70s. Endurance was definitely higher, I think, this year. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Just not feeling worn out. Water usage. Yeah. What did we go through? About five gallons of water this year? Oh, yeah, maybe five, days. five six gallons. And that's cooking and yeah. everything. That's so the whole day. In the morning. Last year, we was going through two gallons a day, or seemed like it. Yeah, at least. That was, that was a big change. So you say you packed lighter. Was it just less gear? Was it? I mean, you still yeah. had to pack food, but did you? Yeah, we changed less gear. I mean, the stuff that we figured out last year that we didn't need for the type of trip we were doing, and we took less food this time too. Yeah, 
I always plan on slowing things down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, last year we hit it pretty hard uh, as far as paddling and not not pulling in early, you know, to set up camp. But yeah. We, you know, we was hitting it pretty hard last year trying to. And, uh, so this year we thought we'd just slow things down a little bit and uh, enjoy it. And who went on you with it this time? Last year it was just the two of you primarily, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, just the two of us last year. And then, uh, this year, Keith Sayers from Kentucky went with us, and uh, Tim Hoffman from what, New Harmony. Yeah, he's from New Harmony, New Harmony Indiana. Indiana. Yep. And uh, he's the uh, same guy that hooked up with us last year and took a little bit of footage with us. So it's okay, yeah. pretty cool to have him back and, and, and finish it with us. You yeah. know what I mean? Him and, uh, yeah, the wife was a big support. And it looked like on Facebook that you guys had kind of an entourage following you a little bit. So did, was the, were there people up on the banks a little bit, just kind of keeping an eye on different steps of the way? Or? With, um, with Tim's family living so close down there in that area, mm -hmm. they, uh, yeah, we were paddling one day, and, and uh, his daughter was up on the bank with her husband, and I think it was her brother-in-law and sister or somebody and uh yeah just stopped pulled out for a few minutes yeah. chat with them they checked out the canoe and the gear and stuff and, and then uh, tim's wife also met us at new harmony at their ramp there uh -huh. and uh, kind of checked in on him and brought him a few supplies and stuff yeah. took pictures video yeah. yep yeah. <laughs> it definitely yeah. broke things up a little bit more yeah you know from last year and yeah. last year we went days without seeing anybody you know this year was just a lot more camaraderie yeah you know it, it was nice yeah it wasn't so much a survival <laughs> expedition yeah, yeah. yeah it was more like a camping trip so yeah survival yeah instead of a navy seal challenge yeah <laughs> Were there any crazy beavers this time, or was it pretty? Yeah, we actually saw two beaver, two or three. Yeah, time. I don't try chewing a hole too. Did that. <laughs> no, no. They, uh, they posed for some video and photographs and uh -huh. went about their way. So. Yeah. So probably the same amount of wildlife as we saw last year. You know, a lot of waterfowl, a lot of turtles, eagles, uh, the beaver. And, Saw a lot of uh, tracks on the sandbars from bobcat. And oh, really? Otters. And, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was it. See a lot of otter tracks, really. Yeah, it's a ton of otter tracks. So, how many? You were on the Wabash, or on the river, I guess, six days last time. Right. And then, how many days was it this time? And how many miles did you guys cover? We was on four days this year. And covered about what eighty miles. Yeah, about eighty miles total. Yeah, about we did about seventy-five miles to the mouth of the Wabash, and then about five miles on the Ohio. Okay. Uh, we paddle across to uh, Wabash Island, then around the island, and then up the channel on the other side. And what was that like? The transition from the Wabash to the Ohio. Uh, in a dugout canoe, for yeah, one. Definitely different. <laughs> you know, we, we got to the mouse and we're, you know, we get out of the sandbar, kind of taking in, like I said, taking the moment in, took some pictures and talked about it. And uh, we were looking across and oh, this ain't too bad, you know, it's wide, but not that bad. And, uh -huh. Keith, and that's what Keith said. 
boys, this you're only looking at half of it. That's an island in the middle, you know, yeah. eleven hundred acre island. So there's another half on the other side of it. Jeez. Yeah. And then there was a, a barge coming up, and uh, we probably see him from three quarters of a mile away. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's a good ways. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah. It, it was definitely intimidating to see that yeah. of water. And, uh, uh, the current was a lot slower. The water was clear. The water, clear water. That was, that was weird because the wall bash, I mean, it's just muddy. Mm-hmm. You know, from the yeah. The sediment's coming down. In Ohio, it was definitely a lot clearer than just a slower current, like you said. Definitely big change. I mean, we knew the Ohio was big water. Yeah. But until you get out on it with in a dugout canoe, then it definitely changes your power. Oh, I bet. Feel yeah. about this big. Yeah. You kind of have a bug's eye view of it sitting sure, right down, down on it. On yeah. yeah. I mean, my experience is just going over it on a bridge. Right. You know, so yeah. all the boats even look small from yeah. that high right. up. Yeah. yeah. But you guys are right down on there. Yeah. And you can see once we got out. Uh, we're, paddling, we're paddling down that island. You can see, I don't know, it looked to be six, seven miles. I don't know, a long ways down through there. Uh-huh. You know, as you're paddling, you just feel like you're going nowhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're on the Wabash. At least you can see maybe up a mile or something. You know, there's a bend coming, but that would be pretty slow traveling on the Ohio canoe, in my opinion. So what gear did you guys take and what kind of food did you take? That's like something that people are zeroed in on is the gear and like the clothes and the food that you guys use to survive out there. Well, I think, I mean, as far as from my side of it, I took less clothing. Um, I had a fair amount of extra clothes last year, you know, because you're always thinking about rain and things like that, getting wet, you know, something happens and, and it, it, it was more of a concern for me this year because I'm thinking, okay, now we do have cooler temperatures. So if you get wet, you get rained on. Yeah, you're not drying you're off. In the water, you're not drying off. You're going to have to have something drying to change it. You know, with a 46-degree night. So, but, I don't know, as far as actual gear, gear, what we took less of this year, um, I'd say more or less just food, right? Yeah. yeah, just less food as far as... Uh, I took two wool blankets this first year, two wool blankets. Um, yeah, I, I took one extra shirt and a, a breech cloud just in case it got warm or something or my yeah. leggings got wet. I mean, at least I could have something to cover you know, up. Cover <laughs> up. Uh, fire starting kids, I mean, wax them up to where something did happen. At least if we found them, they would still be dry and turn them off. Yeah. Or, uh, something where we can get a fire going pretty quick. Um, and I, I've, I've, I don't know if I've learned, but I've, myself, I've started carrying multiple fire kits in different locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something very small and basic on, you know, like in my shooting pouch or on my person, and then something in my knapsack, and then maybe in the haversack. Yeah. Know, kind of spread it around it's a piece of gear. You know. Yeah, I had an extra shirt, an extra pair of breeches, a breech cloud, extra stuff. I had a couple of blankets. No, pretty much it. 
holes for for our, like a half inch shelter, mm -hmm. to twelve by twelve uh, Panther primitive uh, oil skin tarp. Okay. For two guys, that's that's ample room. Yeah. For we put it up the first night, but uh, we figured it out. Well, we got up the next morning, there was about a mushroom on the bottom side of it. I think the sand was heating up during the day, and then we Yeah. So we, we decided after that for the next three nights to not set the tarp up. Wasn't really a whole lot less work, but right. you know, your blankets were, were soaked. The yeah. next morning, yeah, heavy duty. That's, like that's that. the first time I'd ever seen condensation coming in from the bottom side of a tarp, you know, just where the sand was holding the heat and then it got cold at night, right? And it was condensating on the bottom, you just wake up to just dripping on you, I mean, drips in your ear, yeah. And that doesn't help being cold in the morning, <laughs> but so yeah, after that first night, we didn't set it up at all, yeah. So you guys were just laying out bed rolls and blankets and just sleeping under the stars, then? yep. Was made for a lot better scenery. I mean, yeah. just the night sky, yeah. watching the sunset, yeah. watching the stars. Now, Keith isn't here to defend himself <laughs> on his boat. So, so we'll take it easy. Take it easy on yeah. him. But, but what happened there? Because we saw on social media before the expedition, he announced that he was coming with you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah and had stoked to have him, too. Right. I mean, he's just came off of a loan, and he's yeah. out here doing the same thing you guys are. And he posts this picture of his, how do you pronounce it? Bateau. Bateau. Yeah. What, how did that, how did that work out for him? How did that go? Well, it was definitely a lot slower. I mean, the yeah. boat was. It, it was obviously, you know, he, the boat was, had some age on it. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, and it was kind of square, yeah, wasn't it, was, it? It's not a canoe it was, shape. What, it's not very. 10 foot long, I think he said. Yeah. And, uh, but it, yeah, it was probably. Five or six feet wide. I mean, that was pretty wide. Those are a bit five foot, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He, I don't know if he underestimated the river or the boat or kind of both. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was definitely moving pretty slow. And uh, he'd done some repairs on the boat before the trip to get it, get yeah. it ready. But uh, he got up. Stood up in the boat to kind of move around, shift some gear around, and this heel went through the bottom and uh, about a baseball size hole through the mm -hmm. bottom of it. So, water's rushing in. Luckily, we'd all been kind of spread out. The dugout, the canoe, and the bateau was kind of spread out. And at that point, we kind of closed it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tim was in his canoe. He was the closest to him, got to him pretty quick. And we're about there, 100 yards or so down the river. Oh, yeah. Better. Yeah. yeah, we did. We knew we kind of turned the right, uh, turn the canoe around and get back. Yeah, to, yeah. Paddle upstream to get yeah, to him. So we, we just took off paddling backwards and uh, got to him pretty quick. And he had, he had already threw most of his gear into Tim's canoe by then, and he threw a couple things into our canoe and uh, stepped out of the bateau as she was going. I told him I was kind of disappointed because he didn't go down with the ship. Right. But, uh, so yeah, the, the coast guard would have been. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. Coast Guard would have definitely been impressed with our with the water rescue. Water rescue, because it went down without a hitch. No, so he didn't lose any gear. Well, that's good. Nobody got hurt. So, and like he said in his video, you know, 
accidents happen back yeah. then, they still happen today. Yeah. And that's how you react to it and you know, move on from there. I'll, I'll admit, I was pretty worried when I saw the update online yeah. about it. I just, yeah. I worried, was worried he'd, you know, been hurt or something yeah. by it, lost some. Well, face a little bit, but. <laughs> he just laughed it off. We yeah. Off. He's real easy going, though. He's yeah. easy going. And just, I mean, the group that we had, everybody just kept calm. Yeah. He spent a lot of time on the water. He could have gone back to Yeah. It's not worth the risk. Right. Yeah. 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 Then once he got in, and you know, Tim was wanting to do a few days with us, two or three days. And uh, once he got in, he did with him. That helped us both out. Yeah. And, uh, allowed Tim to finish the trip with us. Which we yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for a way of working out. Oh, yeah. So you posted a few pictures of the rapids too. What was that like? Where were those at? That was about, How do you prepare for that? It was about a mile south of New Harmony, and uh, what they call the old dam. We start, We pulled out at New Harmony at the ramp, and then these guys actually went down yeah, and kind of out. reconned it out. And, uh, you can tell them about that. Yeah, we got down there. And, uh, me and Keith were there looking at it I was a little unsure about it just I mean but we kind of talked about it we kind of got a routing plan so we decided that how as far as how to get through mm-hmm. we talked to a couple of trailers down there at the damn side that was fishing you know one of them told us to go on this side and the other one told us to go on the other side well we obviously picked the lesser evils of the two yeah and, uh, so we went back back up the boat ramp paddled on down about a half mile and from the, where the old dam site was where the rapids are and camped there that night and it was it definitely gave a lead up to it because we could hear the white water from that sand bar all night long you know what i mean so the whole time you're just like Ugh. it's just reminding you every time you yeah. wake up <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and then the wind would shift and it would be coming up the river and it would get louder yeah like they open the gate or more water going through, you know. Like, I think it's just the wind blowing the sound up this way. So we packed up the next morning, whatever, headed on down there. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. Tim and Keith was ahead of us. They pulled up to the rocks and stuff and kind of got situated. Me and Jacob's coming behind them. And we decided that it'd be best to unload all of our gear. I mean, we could have portaged that dugout across it yeah. you know but you know it weighs 500 pounds so it would have taken us a little bit of quite a bit of effort yeah across there so we decided that uh, we unpack the canoes and then take them through there at least where we're not losing our gear yeah if we roll it or hit a rock or the canoe breaks you know yeah. from scouting there were some pretty large rocks in there that you know being the on that canoe, the front of it's all hindering where it comes yeah. up like that. So it's a lot more prone to just breaking off if you come into right. a rock. Right. And it on. Uh, he jumped in with me and well, he was all about it. He done something one, but he ain't afraid to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Round two. Yeah. But uh, so we jumped in there and kind of got our path and, and shot them rapid. He 
he had, he had a little bit of water coming over the front. Uh -huh. And where we was digging, ended up getting through it. Yeah. Uh, we did the same thing for their canoe, unpacked it, and Keithwell and Tim through that. Uh -huh. but, uh, packed her back to Bono. It probably took us, we spent a lot of time there. It yeah. took us about an hour. About an hour. Right. right. I think it would pull up in the middle, we can offload the gear, and then we can carry it down and go through. And I said, well, let's offload the gear, take the canoe through, because if it doesn't make it, there's no sense in carrying the gear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was exciting, but it was definitely a good time. I, I think the, the choice to take the canoe through it instead of portage is a good idea. Yeah. 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 And it definitely handles a lot different, empty than loaded down. Mm -hmm. We figured we're weighing about 1,100 pounds with us and uh -huh. our guns, the canoe, you know, everything. So it's pretty hefty. Well, I mean, obviously you don't want to take unnecessary risk out there, but you do, you have to trust your gear. And that was kind of the idea of skills. Yeah, and to test the canoe and see, you know, the limits of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We hit the Great Chain Rapids the same day, uh, but we people at the old dam site told us that it, it's not, it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. I mean, right. well, last year we got that confused because we yes. thought the Great Chain Rapids were actually up north of Mount Carmel, but that was the Grand, Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, yeah. The Great Chain Rapids were actually south of Carmel. Huh. We had about, well, we did about 14 miles the first day, and then 20 the second, then 16 the third, and then obviously finished it out the fourth day. So we ended up with about 27 miles the last day. A little over 27 oh, wow. miles the last day. So, finished strong then. Well, we finished. I mean, <laughs> we was <laughs> pretty weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arms are about to fall off. Yeah. But, that last mile and a half was everything we wanted. Yeah. Yeah, we were digging for it. Pushing the headwind and twelve inch waves, you know, and upstream. Yeah. How much freeboard do you have in that canoe when it's all loaded down? We got about nine inches. Yeah. Okay, so those twelve inch waves are really Yeah. They're pushing it. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely being aware which direction that canoe pointed. Right. There was a couple, there was probably, what, three big bends that would come around on the wall bash where the water, or the wind was coming up the river just right. It was like a wind tunnel effect, and it was causing, you know, probably 12-inch waves just yeah. on the wall bash. You know, I'm getting the spray in my face, yeah. you know, but then you'd, you'd break around the bend, and then, you know, the wind would, wind would go down, change direction, and whatever, and so, just things you don't think about. Yeah. You know, Seeing, seeing some white caps out there, <laughs> but you know, again, when it's seventy degrees. You know, you yeah, don't, you don't mind that if it's ninety degrees, but you're thinking, man, if I have to sit here all day at seventy degrees and get water over the front, yeah, it's going to be a miserable day. Yeah, so over the winter, take them out a little bit. Yep, lighten them up. 
Yeah. It really didn't seem like I took off that much wood, but after paddling them for a couple of days, you can definitely tell the difference. It adds up. In fact, Keith gave me some uh, cypress uh, after we got our trip all done. He gave me some cypress wood to make paddles out of. It's a very light wood, so I'm definitely looking forward to making some. Yeah, some even fresh paddles. paddles. <laughs> so are you guys putting in at the Ohio next year and going for the Mississippi? Or <laughs> that, that crossed our mind for about three seconds. It's only 140 miles. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think I'll probably just stop that right there. Yeah. Um, as I've said before, it was, it's always been my goal just to get from here all the way down to there. Yeah. And, you know, I did it satisfied. And unless Jacobs has other plans, <laughs> I'll, I'll roll with yeah, you. I'm but, good. I'm good. Uh, you know, we talked to you a little bit, and, and after our trip is all over, we, we might go down and whatever, do a little paddling with him on the Ohio, just mm -hmm. maybe for a day or two. You yeah. Know, paddle for a day, do it overnight or something. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm good with just ending up there. I gotta tell them the snake story. We couldn't complete it without the snake. Oh. <laughs> so we uh, would pull a canoe out and, and on the Kentucky side, and uh, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when we finished up and uh, you know, run around in my breeches barefoot. We decided we we're gonna spend the night at Keith and uh, Jen's and then drive back fresh the next morning. So. They, uh, they were very gracious and uh, gave us the run of their place over there. And, uh, it was awesome. They've got quite the compound down there. They do have a, yeah, <laughs> a nice, little, nice little setup. And, uh, so she went to town, got dinner for us, and brought it back, and we were sitting outside eating around the fire. They showed us where we could get cleaned up and shower and stuff earlier. I'm going to get out of these clothes I've been in for four days, go get cleaned up, take a shower. I wa I'd walk over to the cab and got my clothes. I'd walk back to the truck to get some towels out of there. And it's dark by this time, mm -hmm. 8, 8, 30 or something. And, uh, but I walked across the driveway into the grass and step on something. That's kind of rubbery and soft, you know. I don't remember seeing anything there earlier in the day. And then... It dawned on me, like, that was probably a snake. So I kind of bent down, looking in the grass, and there was a, a security light on the side of the blacksmith shop that it clicked on. And uh, I, that's when I seen a pattern on it. Like, yeah, that's a timber rattler or a, co or a copperhead. So I pulled my phone out of my pocket, lit the screen up, and got closer. I'm like, yeah, that's a copperhead. So I stepped right on his tail, and for whatever reason, Decided he wasn't fighting that night. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't want that taste in his mouth. So, four days of river stench on him. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely a little excitement. Yeah. yeah. He, Jacob's, so we're setting up at the outdoor kitchen, me and Ethan Jim. Jacob's hollers. Uh, I think I just stepped on a copperhead. He kind of looks yeah, I think he's probably probably serious there. <laughs> sure enough, and he, Keith come around and he he tried to catch a snake. He's like, usually I try to I catch him and release him, mm -hmm. you know, when I hurt him. But 
He tried to pin his head one time and catch him, but in the dark. Yeah. You know, he's already agitated, so he's like, eh, I think I'm going to go ahead and dispatch him. You know? Yeah. I'm like, it's your snake. <laughs> you know? So he, he killed the snake, and uh, he picked it up by the tail. He's like, oh, I got to take this around there and show these guys, you know. So he starts walking off. It takes about four or five steps, and he turns around, and he looks at me, and I look at him, and he said, surely there's not another one out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys very much for talking about it and sitting down with me. We appreciate it. It's always yeah. fun coming and hanging out with you. Hopefully, it, hopefully it get some people riled up. Yeah. Use your gear and roll once more. Yeah. Well, I've had several guys look at the canoe now and you know, actually serious about making one, you know. Yeah. Last year they showed an interest. I think that's kind of cool. Now, you know, I mean, it, last year for me, anyway, 115 miles was an awesome trip, and then 80 miles to finish it this year. But then when you say it together, you know, a 200-mile trip, you know, yeah. that kind of sinks in with you. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely appreciate the opportunity and, and kind of invite me along and, I'd like to thank Eli and Jason for inviting me out and sitting down for this interview. I really appreciate it, guys, and I'm looking forward to see what you do next. For a limited time, you can enter to win a 15-pack of Thor Bullets. That's a $30 to $34 value. Visit thorbullets.com slash NMLRA to fill out the form and enter to win. It's been a real bummer of a year without being able to have any shows or travel to any events. But if you're looking for items that you would have normally picked up during those shows, please visit NMLRA.org. We have two pages set up that kind of aggregate where you can shop from. Um, NMLRA.org slash shop small. We'll give you a full list of the NMLRA vendors that show up and demonstrate and sell their wares at our events. We've also got NMLRA.org slash advertisers set up, and that's going to have a full list of everybody who advertises on the podcast, in Muzzle Blast, on the videos. And these are people that care about what we're doing and care about our efforts to preserve and to pass on American history and traditional craft. So please, if you can support any of these businesses, large and small, let them know you came from us. That lets them know that we're getting the word out about them and that you guys are supporting what they're doing as well. You can join the NMLRA today at nmlra.org slash join. Your one-year membership is going to give you 12 months and 12 issues of Muzzle Blast magazine. You can get that delivered to you as an ebook or as a physical magazine mailed to your door. If you can't afford to do that right now, times are tough. We definitely, definitely understand that. Um, but if you can, please share the show with a friend. Uh, we've got links down in the show notes. You can pass those along on social media or text them or email them to a friend. And uh, by rating us on iTunes and Spotify, you really help us get out in front of more people that are interested in muzzleloading, living history, and traditional craft. And that's something that we can't thank you enough for, is, is sharing the show and, and sharing what we're doing here at the NMLRA. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.